care about anything. <laughs> That's how we got to this point. Welcome to the show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, golden gods and goddesses. This is Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards, the ultimate podcast for It's Always Sony in Philadelphia. My name is Brayden. I'm here with Adam. Hey. And I'm here with Donnie. What's up? And we got the dish of the day recording on Zoom or Skype or whatever we're using. Virtual space. I'm Fancy Feast, your local comptroller. <laughs> uh, so we'll be referring to the dish of the day as Fancy Feast for the remainder of this episode. He is our anonymous host around the virtual table. All of us sitting around today talking about the best show of all time. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. If this is your first time joining us. Welcome to the show. We are glad to have you. If you're returning, welcome back. We are also Glad to have you listening in with us. Today we're talking about another season two episode. Episode, gosh, what is this, eight now? We're up to? I think eight, yeah. Season two, episode eight. The gang runs for office. Good times. So, before we get into it here, this is how the show works. Uh, in the first half of this show, we are going to talk a little bit about the episode more in general, uh, talk about the themes of it, maybe what makes it a little funny try not to dive into it too much because in the second half of the episode we give some numbers to our argument and put our feelings our emotions on a scale of one to ten however we feel about this episode we got some categories that we will get to but before we get to all of that always sunny pod at always sunny pod on twitter and instagram is where you can find our social media you can find more talk about it's always sunny in philadelphia polls all that fun stuff at always sunny pod on twitter and instagram Feel free to email us, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. If you're like the waitress and you prefer to do the emails, hit us up, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. And of course, rumham.transistor.fm is where you can find all episodes of Rumham and Wildcards. That includes our Jabroni Talks, where we just hang out and talk about the show more, and our episode reviews that are like this, where we uh, go through episodes and rank them side by side and put them on the list of lists. The whole reason we're here, every single episode of Sunny ranked. So by the end of this podcast, we are going to definitively know what is the best of the best of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Speaking of which, the list of lists can be found on our subreddit, our Always Sunny Pod. I believe uh, it's also posted on our Instagram. So if you go to our Instagram at Always Sunny Pod and scroll back a little bit, you can find a photo of what is now an outdated version of the list of lists, but you can find one there. Our Always Sunny Pod is our subreddit at Always Sunny Pod, Twitter and Instagram. And a couple last bits of housekeeping. We got stickers and hats. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Always Sunny Pod. So uh, feel free to go check those out. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send us a screenshot of your review, we will send you an Ongo Galblogian Rum, Ham, and Wildcard sticker. And we are in the process of getting some Charlie Goes America all over everyone's ass stickers. So we're going to get some Rock, Flag, and Eagle Charlie stickers here very shortly. And our Wildcard Crew listener of the episode goes to user Char D. Mac Dennis 2. Amazing name. Charlie Mac Dennis 2 on Reddit. Thank you for joining the conversation, listening in, and subscribing. We are very glad to have you in the wildcard crew. Also, our YouTube channel is out now. If you're looking for your next episode of Rumham Wildcards to listen to, but don't know which one you should go with, head on over to YouTube and search Rumham Wildcards and we will pop up and you can listen to some episode highlights, maybe find the next one you want to listen to. Last episode was The Gang Exploits a Miracle. Uh, we were missing Adam on this episode, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. I missed you, too. But uh, we'll, I'm sure... I the didn't miss you. I'm sure the episode will get a score boost when we talk to Adam at the end of this season and get his episode score for that episode. So currently, it's tied with Charlie Has Cancer on the list of lists, but I'm sure that'll change when we revisit this episode at the end of this season. All right. At Always Sunny Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Fun stuff we can get to now, now that we have the business out of the way. Season 2, Episode 8. The gang runs for office. August 3rd, 2006 is when this episode came out. Of course, directed by Dan Ateas. 
And this is an episode written by David Hornsby. I, I wanted to bring cricket. I wanted to bring that up too. Yeah, was this the first episode he he wrote? Yes, it is. This is the first episode, not the first episode we're seeing not written by the gang, but this is the first episode written by David Hornsby, one of my favorite writers and he's, on the show. He's a producer for the show as well. He does a lot of the stuff. Or did he become writer and then the, he, he was he brought on as a producer after? I think he gets brought on as a producer after. I didn't see producer credits for. Okay. He's I love him. He's so great. He's, he's so me. great with the writing. I'll I'll talk about him much much more later in this podcast. Multiple episodes. He's written some of my favorite episodes. Maybe not this one. Yeah, we'll get to that. In a, he's in married a bit, to Emily Deschanel. Oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, That's and cool. you said his name was Havid Dornsby. That's right. Mm-hmm. You got it right. Good. Mazel Tov. So. Sick of the taxes that they're paying on their liquor, the gang decides to run for office. They're running for comptroller, which... What is that? Never even heard mm. of it before this. Uh, I don't know how politics work. They don't know either. You know, it's funny. I think it's like a controller for all the free stuff that people get. Like, you know when you're a politician <laughs> and you get a bunch of free stuff? Like, oh, you get stuff in the mail or someone sends you like a cake. So you have to send it to the comptroller because he controls the he comps. He controls the comps. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah. I get it now. Let's run for office. <laughs> so uh, the gang is going to do something about all this ass blasting going on in Philadelphia. But when uh, he doesn't get his way immediately, Mac breaks away from the gang to go solicit a bribe from the competition. And meanwhile, Frank is working with D to try and get a bribe from the current comptroller. Soon everyone is trying to blackmail and bribe the competition in the name of politics. That's politics, baby. And all this culminates into Mac getting arrested. But thankfully, the cops offer him the option to uh, bribe them. I love how he just he willfully gets into, into a cop car knowing very well that he bribed a, a union well, what, what are you going to do, Ron? Yeah, I know, yeah. So you got a lot of bribes going on this episode. Lots of garbage pale kids. Very interesting episode. So um, let's talk about you guys. Like I said, David Hornsby has written some of my favorite episodes of the show. I, I'd argue that they're probably half of my top 10 episodes are written by David Hornsby. This Have is we not- thought about the sleaze balls in politics versus the juxtaposition of the garbage pale kids? Ah. Are you calling politicians uh, garbage pail kids? Well, you know, they just go in and they get their check and then they, they get out of there after they get the bribe. <laughs> Gotta be a real sleazeball. By far the best opening scene yeah, I love we've how seen it, in the show yet. Yeah, is, uh, yeah I they're, agree. They're literally telling us the people you're watching are low lives. But well, I'll talk about this later. No matter how shitty the gang gets, they can never be as crappy as a real life politician is what I, when he gets caught like cheating, quote unquote, when the politician gets caught cheating at towards the end of this episode. <laughs> exactly. So, um, the best part is like, you're a comptro- comptrollers make less than teachers. And he's, he going he's out hot boring. shot. <laughs> it's um, not like he's the fucking mayor of Philadelphia. <laughs> what do you think of this episode? Dish of the day. Uh, well, I thought that, it was an episode on television uh, and a cast was in it. Our characters, you know, the ones we like, the ones we're talking about, the, you know, the, the ball, the, the short man and, and, and his, his daughter, I think. You didn't watch this <laughs> no, episode, in, did you? In all, <laughs> I've, I haven't seen a single episode of this show since we started this podcast. This is the first podcast. I've just been reading the scripts. The transcripts. Oh, I you read the book. The it. book's better, honestly, in my opinion. I, I read like the, the book. book better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the king's men. <laughs> um, I thought, in terms of uh, funniness, it was one of the better episodes. It had my attention peaked the whole way through. Um, yeah, I think that's a good. I think the back half of the episode is is better than the first, but I also don't like how the how it just drops off at the end. I disagree with you with everything you just said. Everything. Yeah. Okay. I like the first half better with it in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the spirit of politics, Adam uh, once um, didn't tip 15% at a restaurant he and I were at. So mm-hmm. don't vote for him <laughs> or his opinions. 
Do you tip anywhere you go? I don't think I've ever seen you I don't you need tip. to get into this. This isn't about me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you're smearing me. I understand that. But let me get back to the facts of this conversation. Smear um, campaign. I, I, I really like the, the first half of this episode as opposed to what you just said. Um, I, I, you know, the first half encompasses them you know, getting into the politics part of it. I love that when they're planning the sleaziness of, of all this stuff. Um, um, to me, it's not as a big payoff in the end of the episode as, as opposed to the other episodes we've seen where, you know, um, the wraparound comes back with a vengeance at the end of every episode. But I feel like this one started off really strong from the get-go. So I really favor the first half more than the second half compared to what you said. But the second half was still explosively hilarious. So fun. I think the whole ass blasting bit yeah. is uh, incredibly um, culturally relevant. It's very important as gr- growing up in 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 the society that we live in, uh, being angsty. You know, none of these politicians ever. All these politicians are going to blast our asses, and they're garbage pill well, kids. Well, they blast our asses, so we don't get the wiser and go up and blast their asses for blasting our asses for so long. Mute and blast an eighty year old man's ass. Well, you don't know what the future holds, so <laughs> Oh wow. wow. <laughs> Anyways, um you said that the ending just fell off. Uh I mean it kind of looks like it does, but I know it ends humorously. Is there and is, I yeah, get is, it. is there any because I mean I haven't paid attention as much to the show as far as dissecting it since we started this podcast. It's more of always been entertainment and hilariousness and all Mm -hmm. that. But now that we pay attention more, I wonder if there's a reference because unless the cops were just straight up messing with them, I feel like they had to make Mac do something. Obviously there's still cops. It wasn't like outrageous, but like, I feel like they played it on and like still finished it off and like gave them some sort of lesson. So I wonder if moving forward, there's any references to this incident again. Well, it's funny because like, you know, the typical stereotype of, that Mac was going for when he was going to the, the union. He was like, you guys are these criminals and you have the cops in your pockets because I've seen all the movies, so I know what's going on. But at the end, it turns out the cops really were like friendly with the union, but like in a good way. And like, look, this guy is trying to bribe us. You, you are the cops and you should go talk to this guy, Mac. So the episode really ends where it should end with, with someone bribing union members in the back of a cop car. And the cops are kind of hinting at the fact that that they know that like what Mac did, um, that he went to go bribe the union. It's hinting that like the cops are are working with the union, but like legally speaking, like like in a good way, as opposed to the evil like way that Mac always thought this works in movies and stuff. Yeah, I can't tell if the um, if the union nerds were actually in on it or not. I, I and that they're one of my favorite parts of this episode. Because like, well, they say, the cops say like yeah, our union buddies, nerd. yeah, and they say the nerd reference. So like they had to have talked to him for I didn't, sure. I didn't actually like that whole nerd reference back and forth. I thought that was a bit too like played up. Like it wasn't improv-y enough. It was like more scripted. I didn't think that that was so cool. And the cops at the end also saying that's politics, baby, knowing a phrase that the characters have said and only the characters have said. I thought that was a bit off. I, w- I wasn't a huge fan of those moves. Maybe someone else that wasn't the union tipped them off, like Charlie or Frank. Oh, I don't like know. Someone else in the gang went and tipped off the police. And the cops were like, why are you doing this? And like, that's politics, baby. That's politics. Because I, I agree. I was thinking like, how do they know to make the joke? That's politics. If, you know, they weren't, they didn't hear that. In the other other episodes. I think maybe that in and of itself is supposed to be the joke. That, that is the everyone, joke. Exactly. Yeah, that everyone makes the joke. It's yeah. just, oh, that's politics. It's That's what the gang was going with, and that's what everyone else believes. So, mm-hmm. like, out of all things the gang could be right about, it was, like, that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or since we've never seen an episode not from, like, the gang's point of view or side characters related to the gang – could you imagine if we saw it from like a grocery clerk's perspective and like these four people came in and they were just screaming and yelling for like five minutes and then they left the store in that time, one of them probably yelled, that's politics, baby. Or the hobo ver, the hobo vertizers in the bar. That's so genius. <laughs> I mean, wrong, but genius. Dude, if someone would capitalize on hobo, uh, hobo, hobos, 
I can't even hobo advertising. Hobo advertising. I can't even say. Hobo advertising. If someone could capitalize on that on the Las Vegas Strip. If you could not, I'm actually working on cornering that market right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got some projects in the works. Hey, Shaggy, get over here. Uh, yeah. This is kind of a widely known fact. Supposedly, the election speech was improved by Dennis. I don't know how true that is because you can see there's writing on the paper on the other side of it. I just, I was too lazy to like reverse the writing on the paper and find out if that was actually written or not. It could have just said, speak nonsense, Charlie's illiterate, do whatever you want. Yeah. Stuff like that. Because at this point, it's very well so known. So do. So do. That's, oh, it's such a simple line. Like it's like two letters, uh, two words, four letters. So do. Dennis's cadence on that, Glenn Howden just nails it. Mm -hmm. Just even thank you. It's not, that makes more sense, but uh, it's just the way he says it. Thank you. Philadelphia, like his, his voice sounds illiterate. Yeah, he, you could tell he was just mad reading it. Like mm -hmm. obviously he was acting mad at Charlie for reading it, but yeah, he was just like, you could tell in his voice that he was not satisfied reading mm -hmm. charlie's letter i'm happy that in this episode we see a lot of things like a lot of themes or motifs in the show that i love like they're always like closing the door on someone and locking them out mm -hmm. um, yeah like when they set the uh the apartment on fire and lock everyone yeah. in it's so funny it's like yeah come over here and they they lock the person out of the room or whatever yeah. let's just talk outside i just want to talk outside um i also like it when people one-up the gang you know, like, or when they think that they can one up the gang, like the, the union members are like, no, we're going to get back at them. I uh, love Charlie that. violently smashes his shoe on the table. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Even though it does nothing to bother Dennis, he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I wonder if that was improv too. I wonder if that came out of nowhere. I'd, I'd believe that. Yeah. He broke the bar. Like he, I think you could kind of see it. The splintering when he takes his shoe off and he just looks at him. He's like, see this and then just whack 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 i love it it's like it's it, it's reminiscent of like old school like politics like in the 19th century when like they had like the, the the sticks and they would just wrap it on like the podiums and stuff there's a lot of good old school comedy going in this you see that dennis is very much a straight man in this episode uh, he gets played uh like kind of like he does in the water park episode mm -hmm. where i th i think that's Sociopath Dennis is one of my favorite versions of Dennis, but I also like Straight Man Dennis. Straight Man Dennis is my favorite. It's kind of like in uh, The Gang Exploits a Miracle as well, the one we just talked about. Does my face look fat? Mm -hmm. That's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Ha ha ha. Classic comedy. <laughs> I kind of want to say that, um, you know, the Garbage Pail Kids, that's another 80s reference. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show that, like, like this this show is really just like, like Mac... It's like an 80s wannabe kind of show and they take a bunch of 80s tropes and movies and and culture and they bring it into like, you know, the modern century. As plain and simple as that like idea gets, I always think of the the gang hits the slopes. Like yeah. it gets kind of even meta in there, but like it's you can most tell how much they're actually just replicating like that 80s theme and the 80s even movie yeah. style. And yeah, there's an actual, there's a specific movie that they parody in the Probably. gang hits the slopes. Was it, we're going to watch it. Was it the John Cusack one? I, I think so. We're going to, we're going to watch it when we get there okay. 10 years from now. Are we though? Still not fucking watching million dollar baby. Same. It's on HBO or, um, doesn't help. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> When we come right, back, bourgeois Bob, you wish I could pay for HBO. When we come back, we got some numbers that we are going to attach to our argument, put our our stupidity on a scale of one to ten. Talk some more about this episode. So do not go anywhere. We will be right back with some more talk of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Fancy feast, a fancy feast for cats, instead of a catfish for feast for humans. <laughs> Dish of the day it is. Welcome back to the show, Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. Talking about season two, episode eight, the gang runs for office, Brayden hanging out here with Donnie and Adam, and Fancy Feast, our anonymous co-host, the Dish of the Day. Meow, meow, meow. 
Meow, 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 meow. Speaking of fancy feasts and shows that aren't It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that's one of my favorite things from Malcolm in the Middle when he gets the guitar and he's so hell-bent on writing a song with it and he just rewrites the fancy feast theme. Uh, I don't remember that episode of Malcolm in the Middle, much like um, the main actor who doesn't remember filming anything of that show. The only thing it's a great show, but I don't. It's, it's so long since I've seen it. I'm I know, sorry. I know nothing. What you guys Child are talking about? Child abuse in Hollywood is real, you guys. Frankie Muniz doesn't even remember his entire acting career. It's because he started so young. I'm pretty sure he was like pretty okay. Wouldn't have brought this shit up if I would. No one was gonna get derailed this far. <laughs> <laughs> have you met us? Yeah, that's fair. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the only thing I was going to say, speaking of getting derailed, is uh, the only thing I know somewhat relevant to what you guys are talking about is the fucking Meow Mix commercials, where like you were singing the Meow 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 Meow. That's like a cat. It's the Meow Mix food. So I'm calling it Meow Mix. I don't know what the fuck Cat Feast is or whatever your name was, but Meow Mix it is. A fancy feast, and it's a, oh, there you go. it's a daily part of my diet. I like to scarf down some cat food, huff some gasoline pass out next to my my older friends mm-hmm. you know it's great mm-hmm. i live my life Shit. Like one thing Kelly. we didn't bring up before we went to break and maybe you can use your editing magic to fix it um do you and my father share this bed oh yeah we could talk about that like in the characters section of of this but I'm not going to use any editing to move that. You should have brought it up. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you have about five categories. Mine is maybe the wild card because I don't know about that. But you have four categories to possibly bring that up. You could have brought it up literally any point in this next part of the conversation. Speaking of which, next part of this conversation, if this is your first time joining us, let me explain how it goes. Not going about this willy-nilly. We have reason, and reason will prevail. Reason will prevail! Five categories, including the characters of this episode, the story of this episode, the quotes in this episode, the overall humor of this episode, how much did it make you chuckle, and, of course, the wild card category. We can give up to 10 points for each category for a total of 200 points between the four of us here today. Whole bunch of math. Don't worry about it. We'll worry about it on our end. First off. The story of this episode. Let's let's get into it. You can give up to 10 points for the story of this episode. Season 2, episode 8. Um, I gave it a 6. You know, for, for story. I also gave it a 6. Pretty- I also gave it a 6. I also gave it a 6. Oh, right, holy on. crap. That's the this- first time that's happened. All right, Reason let's move on. It's over. <laughs> that's extraordinary. I gave extraordinary. it a 6 because like, it's a pretty average, pretty typical episode for the gang. You know, there's a thing. Let's exploit it. For our benefit, it's pretty simple and straightforward. It's pretty substandard. It's pretty yeah. average. It's fine. Not bad at all. It's amazing and hilarious. And we'll go into average detail about that. That's funny because five is average. Five, all right, yeah, five is average, but but like like six is like average because I like this show. So I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm you know I'm like moving. I'm never my, gonna give a one. Yeah, I'm moving my average. Well, then maybe up. you should use a scale from one to eleven or two to ten. Where six is the average. Why did you guys give it a six? Uh, I was going to say real quick, uh, whoever wants to answer this, go for it. But like, what are the storylines and how many would you even consider this? Okay, so you got a plot, which is Dennis's campaign. And this gets kind of convoluted because Frank is running it at first, but then Frank gets booted off and Charlie is brought on. And then Frank goes to D, which is B plot. So D's campaign is B plot. But then you also got C plot, which is Mac trying to get a bribe. I thought the C plot was the union guys. Yeah, Mac trying to get a bribe from the union guys. But like, I'm I'm talking about like, and then D their branches story. off, making a D plot because it's a plot about D. <laughs> um, boo! Uh, just just because boo. the characters are doing something in the episode doesn't no. warrant a plot. No, no, no I understand I, that, but it, it's interesting to me that like the union guys, they have their own like story and and show going on behind the scenes, and we don't know about it. Like, that d- uh, I don't, I'm not going to count that. I I understand, but to me, it's interesting how like. How they they're in their own show now too. Like like it's like I would like to see like what the process on their end of how they were gonna get back at Mac would be like. That's why they're like one of my favorite parts of this episode because you can't yeah. you can't tell if they're actual union yeah. nerds or if like they're actually trying to shake him up. Yeah. And their reaction when when Mac gets out of the car and they're like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like it. I I did too. Yeah. But um, back to the to the Marvin. story. What? Shout out to Marvin, working hard. 
back to the the story what we were actually talking about i think there's only three i'm not i'm not calling the union nerds their own plot no they're yeah. funny but they don't get their own plot this yeah. isn't about them yeah so do we like the three stories then? Are they, is it like a good storyline? Are we against it? I still don't understand. I don't get if Adam's agreeing with me or not. I agree with you that there's only three. You I'm just, I'm just saying it's interesting. Like how they have their own like side of the episode and we don't really see what goes on behind their scenes, but we just see like all their responses to things. He's just saying that there's basically an off-screen plot, and that's not necessarily always the case, I don't think. Yeah, that's it's something exactly. I haven't paid attention to before, but yeah, there is technically a whole off-screen plot. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. We can't talk about it because we don't know exactly. it necessarily, but yeah. Mm. What'd you I, think, Dish, the other day? I thought it was one point better than average, which is why I gave it a six. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, I also gave it a six, but I, I I almost want to give it a seven because we really haven't said anything really bad about the story. We all kind of agree that there is three plots to it, three stories at least. Like maybe not all majors, the other, but it's just pretty typical of a of a plot of their episode. Like let, let's just exploit something good for money and then fail at the end. It's pretty generic as far as episodes go. I feel, but again, the attention is is in the details here because you know, it's a hilarious episode and there's much better things about this episode other than the story. I like that comment where the details, uh, the details of the plot, I think is where the humor lays. It's not necessarily, um, as humorous in the plot. I think as Mac bangs Dennis's mom, I think in that episode, the story is the humor, mm -hmm. but when when you pay attention to the details of it, that's, you know, like, like Frank whoring out D this even, even though D is the direct competition, not a prostitute, I, you know, there's, there's more humor there. I don't think it's nothing groundbreaking, which is kind of unusual for David Hornsby written episode, but it's also nothing like super funny outright. Well, I, I think it has a lot of one liners in this episode. And I think that the, David Hornsby, I think, I feel like, you know, he let the plot, he, t he took the generic plot and let that drive the story, drive the episode, um, you think story wise. The, I but, think the generic part would have been less. Sorry, continue. Well, so maybe you're right. I think maybe I rephrase it. I guess the one liners really drove the episode for me, the humor in the episode, and, you know, the basic plot of just let, let's exploit a good thing for money. That's just the generic car that the writer used to get all these awesome one-liners out there. Like this episode is chock full of one-liners in my opinion um, that aren't necessarily like quotes that, that, you know, well, we'll get to that in the quote section, but I think a lot of this episode deal um, is because of the one-liners, not necessarily the plot of the story. Yeah. So that's why I gave the story of six uh, inevitably less than what I'm going to give the quotes. All right. You guys convinced me. We'll, we'll stay in agreement and I'll keep my six. Okay, I like us standing strong. Adam brought up a point when we were watching this through that's kind of relevant here, how the gang the gang treats their life how they've seen movies. Mm -hmm. you oh, know, yeah. The, their life to them is, is one big movie because... Mac wants to be Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. Like, he's, I'm the bouncer of this bar. It's like, no, one's, <laughs> no one even comes to this bar for you to bounce. Uh, it's only homeless people. It's only homeless people. And they're not fucking bouncing them. <laughs> They're slapping advertising on them, and <laughs> having them walk down the street. To yeah. be fair, they're going to walk down the street anyway. They might as well do it with advertisements. Yeah, yeah for politics. <laughs> the next category we have is characters. Again, you can give up to 10 points for the characters. What do you guys think of this episode? Seven. I'm going five out of 10. Oof. I originally did write down a seven and then I changed it to a six. Um, I do Oof. think everyone, yeah, I do think everyone is just classic themselves. I don't want to just go through and obviously list each one of them, but everyone is just kind of like classic the gang. Uh, I I kind of disagree on that um, because I, I like to bring up the different versions of each character. Mm -hmm. We got button up shirt Charlie who introduces us to the wonderful world of bird law and is usually, you know, has his video camera with him when he's wearing his button up shirt. So I don't think that's really classic Charlie. When I think of classic Charlie, I think of him 
holding a, the rat bashing stick, trying to write something about denim chicken, wearing his green shirt, you know, or his green jacket. Yeah. See, um, to me, though, classic Charlie is him trying to outperform himself and be what he's not and and be that, oh, I'm, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, not accepting, shit. oh, I'm a rat basher. Yes, shit. I agree with you, Donnie. That is classic Charlie to me. That's that's, that's why, why I got it at least. Charlie, that's, why, that's why I love the episodes when Charlie is the one planning everything and when he's the one trying to like, it's like, this is my episode. That's why I love it because he's being like, these, everyone thinks I'm the rat basher, and but I'm much more than that. Like yeah. when he's, like in when the gang gets analyzed, uh-huh. you know, he that comes out. Like Charlie straight bit. up can't read a simple "Meet me in the parking garage," but yet he's like, or read my political speech that I wrote for you. <laughs> like, how does how does he think like that? It's even like possible. Like, how does he think he can't read? But he's like, just read the speech I wrote for you. Because he he's a he's a confident man. In yeah, himself. Oh, he knows shit. he's comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, see, I was thinking of like tropes and like jokes, like that, like that version of the characters. You're going in like the whole mentality. I love it. I love yeah, it. It's, and it's different. I kind yeah. of. You might get me to boost my characters up here. I was about to we, say, if we I'm, keep going I'm, in this direction. I'm already back to my seven. This is like one of my categories. I'm going to boost back up. I think stick I can, with my original score. I think I can boost up your, your score for this one. Let, let, give me let, a good is it that Frank's trench coat also fit perfectly on Mac? They may have been different trench coats. No, no he, he says, says it's the same. Frank's oh. trench coat. I don't know. They're uh, about the same size, I'd we'll, say. We'll ask Wardrobe. But here, let me, let me try and convince Braden to move his score. Um, I, I originally put an eight y'all said lower scores. So I was like, maybe eight's a bit too much. I always put a higher score for characters because I really think about them the most, um, in this category. They're arguably the most important part of the show. They are. Um, so for me, like, I, like a high character score, I would put like, I would really put an eight or nine or 10 if like all the elements were there. And if a bunch of my re- my favorite reoccurring characters were there, this episode was just about the gang. Um, and I, I understand that and I appreciate that. Um, so I gave it an eight, but I'm like, I'm going to a seven because, because I don't want to give You're it You're not convincing I'm me. not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not too convinced that the, the characters were amazing, but I think they're better than a five. And here's why. They're better than a five because we see the relationship between Frank uh, and D a little bit. You know, he's dolling her up and he's like, you know, now you're going to look like intelligent and attractive. Like now you don't normally look both, but now you are. So we see like that terrible relationship. We see more of the relationship between Frank and Charlie. Like, do you sleep together in my, do you sleep with my dad on this futon? My father in this bed. So we learn so much more about, about Charlie and Frank. We, um, we learned about Charlie's illiteracy and his learning disabilities even more so than any other episode so far. Also with, with in my opinion, also with D, like her, her low self-esteem comes out so much in this episode because like she's on board with the plan and then the guy starts flirting with her and then she's like, um, actually, fuck you, Frank. This guy likes me, but he's just using her as well. She doesn't give a shit. She just wants the attention. Well, she was completely against the plan until she, she w- notices that she's getting attention yeah. from the competition. Yeah, but she was still going with it because she was there. But and then with Dennis, like he's the straight man in this episode. So I'm giving it a and Mac. Mac's whole arc is hilarious. And real quick, also, uh, while we're talking about the characters. Um, I know it happened at least twice. It was when Frank went to D. And then I forget the second one exactly. You guys will probably remember when I say it, but um, no one was down to like do the plan or go for the plan until they were like, oh, it's going to destroy this person. Mm-hmm. Like Frank was trying to convince D and D's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then he's like, it's going to destroy Dennis. And she's like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. like and they're always just like point. all against each other. And there, there's uh, another point as well in the episode where I think Frank, I think it's Frank who's against something. And then they explain that uh, it'll, it'll be, Dennis and Charlie and he's like okay we'll go with that plan yeah yeah that's the second time it happened I was like I know it happened twice I read the exact second one but yeah exactly that's another thing that I'm noticing on this rewatch and doing this podcast with you guys is that is the gang's motivations like, oh this episode why the gang does the things they do this episode is chock full of motivations and they say it they say I'm changing course now and I think we see a lot more about the characters through all their motivations in this episode so I didn't, I'm not giving it an eight because there aren't any recurring characters that we see. I'm giving it a seven. You didn't convince me at all. Okay. I'm still going to give another point for characters though. Here's why. 
because as long as you brought it up, that's my, it's a victory for I'm, me. I might go back down here. So don't, don't start, you know, patting yourself on the back too hard there. Don't start uh blasting your own ass. Uh, let me explain here. So Mac gets played by basically everyone, which is always my favorite thing. Like Mac's just one of the best characters of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. His cluelessness mixed with his hubris is, is just classic. So I like seeing Mac get played by everyone. We talked about Dennis being the straight man and how different that kind of is. He's less ridiculous in this episode, so I I can't really give him too many points for that. Frank, I barely even have any notes on in this episode. Like, yeah, he's he's skeevy Frank, but you know we we know what he's capable of, it, and this isn't that good. I am giving a bonus, not bonus, but I'm giving another point here because of the union nerds. They're one of my favorite parts of this episode. They're they're just they're just a little shady. You know, so Mac is like sort of right. Like he's got the right idea, but as always, woefully misses his point. So I love the reaction when they shake up Mac and, um, you know, he called us nerds. You can't let him get away with that. That's pretty funny. And above all else, the, the thing that speaks most to the characters in this episode is that no matter how low and crappy the gang is, the, the politicians and the comptroller just just manage to be worse than them. Like yeah. they're 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 crappy, but you know, at least they're not a comptroller taking out the competition on a on a quote unquote date. And again, like I said before, you know, at the end of this episode, they're fine. I mean, except for Mac, he's not fine. But the the gang is generally fine. Um, but they've screwed up the pe- the other people in the episode, like the the comptroller and his wife. Their marriage is fucked. But as long as the gang is, it's always sunny with them. Who cares? Because you spoke again, I'm taking it down half a point. 5.5. That's fair. Hey, it's more than a five. You're already out here about to make me give the characters an eight. Go. No, I think seven's still good. Mm -hmm. The point Brandon brought up about uh, non-psycho Dennis is uh, one of the major reasons for keeping it the same. Uh, Another one is I wasn't such a huge fan of Mac's character. I don't think that he was really Mac. Really? You don't think it was... I think he was... Um, I think he was the most like his character this episode, if I'm being yeah. honest. This is Prime Mac. He's He thinks he's living prime. in... Prime? He thinks he's... I mean... Mac Prime. Yeah, He thinks he's living in an 80s movie, and he's trying to do all these things. He even put the trench coat on, and... Dude, Fat Mac is Prime Mac. That is true, but I'm saying like... Exactly. But, but like, That's correct. But his essence... He's like, USDA Prime Mac. <laughs> uh, USDA grade. Quotes, one of our favorite segments here on the show. Quotes of this episode. Who's who's got the most here? Who wants to list them off? I Probably got, not me. I got six. I have I can't I don't have any like specific number, but I can definitely read you some from my list. Yeah. Um sure. when uh when Frank is talking about Hillary Clinton and he's like awful, hates freedom. I use that line a Awful. lot. Awful. Hates freedom. It's another one liner that's just so great. I mean, the line's even funnier too when you know the game when you know what they're like in real life and know that Danny DeVito is very much a supporter. Liberals. Very much supporter of Hillary Clinton's campaign back when that was a thing. Yeah. LOL. And, Don't remind uh, me. And uh he supported Bernie Sanders too. So I think that line is um it's funny, but then it gets even funnier when you know the outside life of Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I get that they're probably making fun of like Republicans, but I still love the idea that they're making fun of both parties and the entire game in general. You know, they're both blasting us in the ass, which is true, but I, I really appreciate that this episode makes those funny jokes. Okay. It says meat and a bunch of other words. What? Did you guys not watch the episode? We did. I, I didn't think that line was that funny. That's <laughs> yes. just why I'm not laughing. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was all right. If, to, to get me to write it down, it has to at least make me laugh out you know, loud. He called us nerds, Gary. Nerds. He called us nerds, that. Gary. Like, that's, um, that's I didn't funny. think that when was I, funny. I thought when, that was too played up. So Max leaving the office and he's like, I'm going to go home and pay my taxes now. I like that. That was good. <laughs> that, that, was, that was kind of more, I guess, of Mac acting. Yeah. Well, so, what's the most law-abiding thing I can do? <laughs> Pay my taxes. Yeah. So he, I, I guess really only three or four quotes come up 
to me on this episode. That's the weight I give to the ass blasting back and forth puts it at an eight for me. Hey, don't interrupt me, you asshole. Anyway, <laughs> I can't see your fucking face. Anyway, the other quotes that I love in this movie is this ass blasting quote or this episode. I love the ass blasting quote. I love when Den- when Dennis is like, so do I use that? So do that whole speech, all the- that whole speech, really. But like I use that inflection that so do a lot. Um, uh, I can really- get a clipboard anywhere. When, 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 when the bodyguard is like, I'll probably stab you in your throat. I love that. Hilarious! I'll yeah. stab you in your throat. You write down some weird quotes, bro. But but again, like again, like these quotes, while they're funny, they don't. They're not like I really rank my quotes with if I use them every day, if I quote them a bunch, and if I remember them. What what do you give this category before we mm-hmm. get yeah. anyone? What anyone else thinks here, Adam? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Uh, quotes wise, at six point five. Okay, that's not as bad as I thought. I really thought you were about to give it like an eight or something. No, like you're saying, oh, it's kind of below average. I give it an eight. Yeah, there's there's three or four good quotes in here, and I love them, but there's not enough for me to be like, this is the most quote worthy episode I've ever seen. Yeah, if another I only, one. If I only find three or four quotes, I'm giving this like a two. Yeah. for quotes <laughs> at most. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when Frank is like fixing up D, whatever, he's like, you look like you just got <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> and like that's hilarious. <laughs> Or when he says, um, there's nothing more dangerous than a woman who's smart and attractive. That's we have to pretend you're both. Yes. <laughs> that's my, that's so backhanded, not even backhanded. That's not a compliment. Yeah, and I guess this, I don't know how much this is like a quote or whatever, but the whole smear campaign when he's like, baby rapist, don't let him rape you, Philadelphia. When like they're calling Dennis a baby rapist. I don't know how much that's a quote because it's just like a fake smear campaign or whatever, but that one's hilarious. Fucked up, obviously, but makes me laugh every time. The um, part of that was Dennis's defense. She was younger. I mean, uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> that was the quote. The opening scene um, when uh, Charlie comes back at, at D, they're the amazing cards where babies are doing hysterical things. And then later in the scene, of course, arguably one of the best opening lines is you have to be a real low life piece of shit to get into politics and then you know it's good it's good it's fun yeah two uh okay other quotes that made my list that are kind of whatever but are still funny when uh you mentioned the scene earlier but when frank is like women in politics is like a donkey doing calculus and like mm-hmm. it's more of a donkey doing calculus that's funny to me like i don't yeah. know like the women in politics joke is whatever it's funny whatever, animals but. can't do math yeah exactly like that's funny but uh then the other one is when he's just like trying to like fix these hair and he's like bangs five head <laughs> <laughs> see the that reaction right there where we laughed at donnie just saying it didn't even really need to be in the infliction or explain the context where we just laughed that normally happens when we're speaking quotables. Uh, yeah, we just laugh so we, uh, you guys know when to laugh. They sh- yes. Yeah. They shit on D so much I, in this episode, and I love that. It's If I could finish my point here real quick, uh, none of those quotes that Adam listed, I don't know if you yeah. noticed, we really got a reaction out of. So because of that, I'm doing three and a half out of ten mm, for quotes. Wow. And I honestly, I was judging my, my points a little bit based off of your reaction to the ones I was giving. So I, I lowered my score, but you guys didn't notice. Because there are some that I write down. There are quotes that I write down that when we get to the recording, I read them and I'm like, this is not nearly as funny out of context. No. So I just, I don't say them. Like, um, what? Yeah. I, I got, let me take you bitches to school for a second. Where it's funny. It's it's funny in passing, but it's kind of like the I'll, st- you, the, I'll stab you in the yeah. neck or whatever you said that line was. It's not it's not funny when you're not watching the show. It's a one-liner and it stays there. In order for it to be a quotable quote, it has to be funny outside the context of Sunny, in my opinion. Yes. Or again, like I said, like if we use it a lot in our lives, like under- it must impact us in some way. Yeah. No, again, I, out of out yeah, of context of I Sunny. Under, I understand that statement, but I definitely do not give my scores based on that standard whatsoever. But I agree where you're coming from. <laughs> uh, you, do you just like count how many you have and go off of that? No, I mean, I think it's like a combination of like, did I have to pause the episode to keep up writing quotes? Like those get eight, nines, tens. We have had a couple of those. Yeah, there are some where I have to stop the episode because I literally cannot write fast enough to keep up with the quotes. There's some where I filled up two pages worth of quotes. There are some that I do that and are hilarious. So like this one, 
I wrote some quotes down. Like you said, some are better, some are not. Some are just funny because of the delivery and the scenario. Some are hilarious outside of it. Like, like the bangs, five head. Like, that's really not funny outside of context. But, like, in that time and in, like, that delivery, like, that's really hilarious. And just, like, mm-hmm. people do that to other people in real life. So, like, implying that's a real life a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I kind of just, like, try and just associate all aspects as much as possible. But I get what you're saying for sure. You want it to be funny regardless of it just because you're watching this episode. So three and a half for me. Six, uh, 6.5 for me. Oh, I gave it a six. I gave it an eight for the ass blasting. We forgot I don't about know, ass. I don't know. You guys don't know how much I use that all the time. We forgot about like ass blasting. The way blasting. I put for things, things that I can switch to for it's always sunny. It's not just use in my daily life, but if I, that's like, um, there's a, a term I forget the name of the term, but if you say it um, and other people respond, it means you're part of that group. So if I were to stand in the middle of a Walmart and say, who am I going to vote for? The Democrat blasting me in the ass or the Republican blasting me in the ass? And then some guy down the aisle is like, hey, you watch It's Always Sunny? <laughs> that's going to be really heavy on the quotes. That's true. true. That's, that's, that's a really good way to think about it, actually. So it's, it, it, that's a very iconic quote for you, the ass blasting. That's I, I'd yeah. argue that's very. probably the most iconic quote in this in this episode. It's a I'd very iconic pl- practice for me too. Getting ass blasted, uh, doing the ass oh. blasting. Oh. oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Just had to clarify. Speaking of ass blasting, it's interesting that we're recording this episode on the the night of the first debate. But by the time you guys are listening to this episode, it will be out and the election will have been done. So. Well, the election will have happened. It probably won't be done oh, for probably a, won't be a long time. I don't know. It's going to be 48 hours after uh, the election's over that this gets released. Now I'm confused on what day it is. The overall humor of this episode, how often did it make you laugh? Consistently. Consistently? Yes. All right. Well, I guess Adam's going to lead this one off here. Tell, talk to us. I mean, you know... Um, I was definitely consistently laughing from beginning to end. I mean, the cold open was amazing. It's one of the best cold opens. Uh, I mean, it's always sunny, mm-hmm. I think. Um, th- they hit every beat in here. Like, there's so much stuff that I would love to talk about. Like, we talked a lot about that in the quotes, but one thing we didn't talk about in- at all so far was when Mac was um, assaulting the woman with her baby and stopping her oh, yeah. <laughs> and stopping her at every at every like time she tried to move and then she takes her cart and with her baby and starts ramming into Mac with it. And it's like, this is so funny. This is the best part, but I can't like, it's not a quote. Um, he can kiss my baby. He, he should kiss your baby because in politics it's okay. That's what, Don't okay. worry. It's for politics. And, and, he also said it'll help both of you, which it absolutely would not <laughs> help that woman whatsoever. It is but. funny that, that Dennis is a baby racist or smeared as one. And I mean, his campaign proves that it, his, one of his campaign managers wants him to kiss a baby. Is a baby racist? Baby rapist. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't give my score. So I'm giving it a 7.5 for the humor. Um, above average. Not excellent. Um, but yeah, above average. Yeah, so I, would agree. I would agree that it was, I think it was consistently funny. I don't think there was any points where I was just like on the floor laughing or there's just that scene where I'm just like, holy shit, like this is it. This is like, Top tier, it's always sunny. What about but, uh, when he's banging the shoe? When Charlie's banging the shoe on the bar? See, to me, like that's that pretty was funny. But like, I still never have like broke out in like tears to that one. Like that to me, that one never got me. Like that, it's hilarious. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's funny. It's it's classic Charlie. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, like that scene where we talked about where they're playing basketball, like the, with the little kids. Like that scene, no matter how many times I see it, it comes on. Like that's gonna have me in tears laughing. It's Let's so play some funny. Ball. Yeah, and like I really don't think that this episode had me like that. It definitely like there were some deeper laughs and mm-hmm. kept me laughing the whole time. But I gave it a seven. Uh, another note on the mall scene. I love Dennis's his thumbs. His yeah. over, his overuse of the politician thumbs. Mm-hmm. Or oh, yeah. Or. Uh, our, Obama wasn't a thing yet in no. 2006. He so existed. I can't really call him the Obama thumbs, but you know. he was doing it by then. Yeah, of he, course. He made it popular. But uh, of course, just yeah, like he did. that's what politicians do. They they wag their thumbs slightly sticking out of their fist and mm-hmm. make empty promises. Mm-hmm. I like that they set up the uh, continuity of uh, the running gag of Charlie and Frank sleeping together in the same futon and living together. 
I think uh, that's one of my favorite tropes of this show. Lots of physical humor between uh, Charlie bashing his shoe and the subtlety of Mac using his foot to stop the baby stroller that I did not notice until we rewatched it together. Also, their yeah. shaming of D. It's classic. Yeah, like the wife walking in on the comptroller because she thinks, uh, and she's mad at D because she thinks D's she thinks D's a prostitute, but she's actually the competition in the election. Did he actually believe they were competition or no? I don't think so. I no, don't, I, no, no, no. He was yeah very clearly being creepy and terrible. No, for sure. And, but like, like feeding her drinks, right? Well, obviously that part, but like. Even in the slightest, like from the second that it was Frank and D in there, and it, Frank was being obvious, I think he no. knew from the beginning. Yeah, he, anyone yeah. who's a professional or quote unquote what we're talking about now, normal, I don't think anyone yeah. takes the gang seriously. Well, didn't he say, are you guys trying to bribe me? Didn't he also say that? Yeah, yeah, he calls him out on it. Yeah, so but he's that's like, what I'm saying. But he's smirking. He knows he's just going to play along with it. Uh, trying to hook up with this woman, D. But that's then, what I'm saying is, is is he playing along with it, saying like, oh, she's actually running as a comptroller and they're trying to bribe me? Or he's just saying like, I want to get my dick really wet. They're really not doing shit. No, he's just thinking, I want to get my dick wet. I'm Okay, yeah, yeah. you guys are understanding the question. But yeah, I get that part. No, we'll I don't move think, past it. We'll move past it. No, I don't think, he, I, I think he's very much aware like these, they're trying to play me. I want to play them and try and get my dick wet. I, I understand that. That's the, that's the very like transparent Mm-hmm. Plot. I understand. Never mind. We'll have to move past yeah. it because I, I don't. You guys both I'm gave sorry. me the same answer, and uh, yeah, maybe I did misunderstand you. I apologize. I mean, no, you guys both did the same. You thing. So definitely it's, it's, misunderstood yeah. him. Yeah, we'll just move past Adam, it. Maybe if you said you're trying to get your dick wet one more time, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get your dick wet, baby. Oh wow! Pick it up. Oh Jesus! We're falling apart over here. Get your dick wet in some fancy feast. Brought to you by <laughs> Fancy Feast. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this whole this whole show's chock full of wraparounds and wet dicks. <laughs> you could take that out. Five out of ten. I'm not. I'm quoting you, and I'm using that as promotion material for the next season. Five out of ten on the overall humor for me. Really? Yeah, it's not that. I don't know. There was a couple lulls in this episode. Okay. And like Donnie said, there was not. There were no tears streaming down my face this episode. I don't. I don't know if I want to give it really anything above a seven, okay. let alone a six, <laughs> let alone a five. Maybe I'll bump yeah. it down to a four, even oh, further. Fuck. Holy shit! No, I'm kidding. I'm keeping it at five out of ten. What do you? Somebody guys? stop this guy. What do you think? Uh, I had originally gave it a seven, but after hearing you guys talk, I'm probably going to move that down to a six. So we got a five. Yeah, I guess. And a six. I guess I originally thought it was funnier, but thinking of it in broad scope, it wasn't that funny. And anytime anybody, either me or Donnie, or sometimes you do too, Brayden, gives a long tear-jerking monologue about how funny this show can be, it really makes the unfunny episodes more unfunny. Dude, that's a problem I've had with this, is like I know their full potential and I know which ones are really <laughs> my 10 out of 10. I know my 10s out of 10s and like I almost- You could be a star, <laughs> kid. You're not giving me everything. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that like I, I catch myself saying like, oh, this could be a nine or this could be a 10, but I'm like, it's not a 10 because I know what a 10 is and it's not this. So like, I don't know, it's tough. I compare it too much, but- well, th- that's the whole point yeah. is is comparing them to each other. And that yeah. was another problem we were having in the beginning of this podcast was uh, when people were hearing our episodes with lower scores, they were thinking like that we'd prefer watching Friends or something <laughs> disgusting like that. But no, we're, we're just comparing episodes of the best TV show of all time. There yeah. has to be a lower score in order for one to have a higher score. A 1 out of 10 on It's Always Sunny is still better than a 10 out of 10 on like most shows. I'll drink to that. Yeah. I was going to say, if we were rating other shows, like there are for sure shows that I would give like ones or twos across the board and be like, I turned it off. Oh, it got better in the second half. Like I didn't even fucking make it that far. I wouldn't even have the capacity or the interest to talk about other shows like this. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like a, a few episodes back, we briefly brought up the television show Weeds. And since then, I've literally stopped watching it because it gets so bad they jump the shark the shark gets jumped so so long and so ungracefully it's terrible should have ended after season three you don't like strong powerful female characters making their own destiny i get it well she was strong and powerful at first and then i don't know what happened in season 
three or four, they just kind of decided, all right, we'll get rid of all of our characters' convictions. So because of how crappy Weeds is, I love It's Always Sunny that much more. They have no convictions. <laughs> what, a, what a quick turnaround back to It's Always Sunny. That was the quickest turnaround. It's not an untrue statement, though. Like, watching lesser shows just makes me appreciate it that much more. Like, I think my mom yeah, had that happens. How I Met Your Mother on the other day when in I... General, I think. Yeah, I stopped by my mom's place the other day and she had How I Met Your Mother on. I just watched two minutes of that and I was like, yep, we're doing the right podcast. Yeah. As if How I Met Your Mother was ever a consideration for this show. Ugh. That would have been a real wild card. Speaking of which, that's the next category. It's the... Wild card, bitches! Oh, okay. I think they said Comptroller a seven total times, so yeah. I gave it a seven for that. I was wondering um, who was going to take it. If any one of you Reddit nerds wants to go back and change it during the season finale, I will edit my score. Seven Comptrollers out of ten? Mm-hmm. I guess I'll go ahead and take it since I feel like it's another obvious one, but... uh. Seven ass blasts. Mm-hmm. It was it was, it was a few, a few it was a couple variants, a few variants, but in that main scene, opening scene, there was a seven ass blast references. Seven ass blastings. I'm giving mine a ten out of ten for my wild card. What? Yeah. Well, because I, I just like I said, I, I don't have any rhyme or reason to this. I just want I love this episode. We are I well want, aware. I want to give this one We are well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the whole point of wild card is I want to give it bonus points. I can't be mad. Yeah, it was fucking wild for sure. Yeah, I want to that give. That was fucking wild. I want to give this one a ten out of ten for right. a wild card because I love this episode. And you know, maybe fine. I'm not good at math, and my I don't know how numbers work. Just like you, dish of the day, but I felt like the numbers that I was giving my other scores didn't quite accurately represent how much I enjoy this episode. So 10 out of 10 for the wild card. I think you like this episode so much because of how much you love to discuss and indulge in politics. Not really. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, it's you Adam's just got favorite thing. Bro. You just got the shit psychoanalyzed <laughs> out of you. There's no coming back I like that. it because I, it's just funny to me. I love it. There's so much in this episode that I can always go to and be like, this is where it's always sunny starts for me. This is where it starts for you? No, not really. But there are many. There are many. I'm saying there are many parts of it where I can be like, "Oh my god, we're learning about how they live on the futon together. We're learning about like Dee's her five head. We learn her self esteem is so low. There's every every part of the of, of it's always sunny that I love. All the elements are in this episode, and also just despite you guys. 10 out of 10. Whoa. All right, I'm All gonna right. do. A, I'm the gonna only do valid a, reason that you just said was to spite us. <laughs> So right. I can allow the attend the that, ten for that that's reason. That's very sunny of you. Yeah, very yeah. sunny of you. Yeah, All right, absolutely. so I'm gonna give it a negative ten out of Holy ten. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just just to spite Adam. I was like, is that our first negative score so far? Uh, I. I didn't know we were allowed to do that. For the wild card, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, you can yeah. take away all the points in the episode you gave if you hate it that much. But mm-hmm. um, I'm torn here because part of me wants to give five head out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. But another part of me wants to give nine shoe smashes out of ten. You Just counted? Nine smacks on the... Bo- yeah, I thought he was going to go to ten. All right, quick question like, then. Your original score after our entire conversation, do you think your score was a little too high or a little too low? <sighs> yes. I'm still, That's the easiest way to I'm decide. I know it's not an easy question, but because in my opinion, Adam, you got to make up your mind here. If you love this episode, you got to give it a higher score. But you were talking like this was mediocre. It was mediocre, then, but I but but I can still love the episode despite like it's like it wasn't the best. I could I, despite not me giving it the best scores. I can still love the episode. You know how rating works and and, and yes. fancy fancy feast. You have me kind of wanting to give the nine out of ten wild card. Donnie has me wanting to give the five out of ten. So you should give the five head out of ten. I'm giving the five head out of ten. Yeah, there I'm you g- go. Five head out of ten. You should you should rock the bangs. Rock the bangs. <laughs> um. Fuck. All right. So let's- I love this chaos. By the way. Hey guys, Braden here. So something happened with the audio in the very last few minutes of the episode and I can't seem to reverse it. So we're just gonna go through the list of lists together. Sorry to the other hosts, sorry guys. IMDB finds this episode on the bottom of their list. This episode has an 8.1, which is at the very bottom of all the episodes so far. So fans, you hate this episode apparently. Uh, let's start with Adam. Adam has this episode smack dab in the middle of his list with a 7.4. Adam, as always, giving 
the uh, higher scores than the rest of us because I gave a 5.7, putting this towards the bottom for me. Uh, this is in the middle for Donnie with a 6.6, .6, tied for Charlie Has Cancer. So Donnie liked it as much as the Dish of the Day who gave this episode 6.8, which is going to set this at the fourth highest for him. So tied for that one. And together on the list of lists, this episode is number seven out of all the ones we've done so far, tied for The Gang Exploits a Miracle, but that is missing a score from Adam. So be sure to tune in to the season two finale when we revisit the episodes and revise our scores and get some updated scores on the lists of lists. So sorry again about this very awkward outro, but thank you guys so much for listening. If you're listening from around the world, we really appreciate you guys. If you're listening to the United States, we appreciate you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm done editing this episode. <laughs> I'm going to upload this now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us at AlwaysSunnyPod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, follow us on our subreddit, RAlwaysSunnyPod, where you can find the lists of lists, every episode ranked, and so much more. All right. Let's go sleep for five days. Rumham and Wildcards is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Plegencool. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer, and this episode was written and hosted by me, Braden Plegencool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbort, and The Dish of the Day. 